When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. All right, back and better than ever. We roll along Greeny here on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. There's no way to segue in or out of what I just heard Christine Lisi say. I wanted to make a quick mention of it because it's so horrific. I don't even really know what to say about it. You know, I said last week that sometimes a story happens and you just don't know what to say about it. I have no idea what to say about the Brittany Griner story. I woke up to it this morning. We got, um, uh, those of us here at ESPN got a note that this was happening, and that is that she has been moved to a penal colony from a prison. And the only description that was given is that it, the conditions in a penal colony are harsher than they are in a prison. And um, the, what you start to envision is just so terrifying. And again, I don't know any of the details about what a penal colony in Russia is, but it certainly sounds like it would be a very, very frightening place. And at the, as of this moment, her family doesn't know where she is. Her lawyers don't know where she is. All of the details around her circumstances are are murky or cloudy, uncertain. And uh, it is just about the most frightening thing I can ever imagine. I, mean, I, I just don't. I, so, again, I don't know what to say about it. There isn't anything for me to say about it. You hope to God that, that we figure out a way. And I still do believe that we will figure out a way to get her home. But I don't have any idea how soon that might be. And um, you just fear for the hell that she is probably living through right now. I, I don't I don't have any other thing to say about it. And again, there isn't any reasonable way to segue from that to anything else. So I'll just move on to other matters. But I, I just don't feel like we can let the day go by without saying, just saying out loud how frightened we all are and how extraordinarily hopeful we all are. And she's not the only one. If you read the stories about this, there are other Americans there, one in particular who was being wrongfully detained by the Russian government and for this to be happening during a time when you know Russia is in this war and all that. I mean, you just never know what they're capable of doing. And that's what makes it even more frightening than it would be under normal circumstances. So all you do is hope to God, however it is that you do these things, um, you know, if you're a person who's inclined towards prayer or whatever the case might be, um, that these Americans come home safe because it is terrifying to think about um, what they're living in right now. Again, there's no reasonable way to segue from that to anything else. So I'll just move on. I'll tell you where we've been so far this morning. We have ta- gone through a bunch of the college football from last night. I had Heather Dinich in here, and uh, you can hear all this stuff a little later today if you want to on the podcast. We talked through all the machinations of what the college football playoff committee gave us last night. We went through a bunch of stuff on Aaron Rodgers that we will come back to as we continue in a little while here. Went through a bunch of stuff on the Bills and whether or not they need to be at home, and then that will then bring us to Greeny's Takes. Greeny's Takes. So I got a couple of them for you here, and let's start with this. We, we touched on this a moment ago in a previous segment. I didn't get to hear from Hembo. The question came up on Get Up this morning. If you took the quarterbacks out, who would the MVP be? Everyone on the TV show said Tyreek Hill. I said Saquon Barkley. Nuno the Giant fan didn't even back me up on Saquon Barkley. 
What does Hembo say? Tyreek Hill's the right answer to this question. Last season, Miami Dolphins' pass game ranked 26th in the NFL. This season, it ranks first. And Tyreek Hill is obviously the biggest reason why. In fact, if I, if I had to give it to a running back, I, I would put Saquon Barkley behind Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry. I don't think the Giants are good because of Barkley nearly as much as their defense. Their offense is ranked 22nd right now. I give Brian Dayball a lot of credit. Obviously, Daniel Jones some, and Saquon Barkley some too. But there's no way he's the MVP of the league right now. That's the for Cleveland sure. Browns are 3-5. and five. The Giants are 6-2. and two. He is their offense. I understand Daniel Jones running with the ball is important, but no one, I think, in their right minds thinks that would be going on if they didn't have this extraordinary threat. Everyone knows Saquon is coming on practically every play, and he's still getting it done. I, 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 would, I would say I think that that is a better pick than it has been given credit for being. I feel like I'm being mocked in all quarters, but again, like all geniuses, I will not be fully appreciated until after my time. Is there a quarterback worth tanking for in this year's draft? Because it seems there are a bunch of teams that are starting to do that. Again, the accusations that the Colts are one of them. The one thing I can tell you is that my buddy Jeff Saturday didn't go there if the owner said to him, I'm trying to lose all these games. Now, there's ways of doing that without being as overt about it as that would seem. Um, But I think the answer is yes on three counts. I think there were three genuinely excellent quarterbacks in this year's draft. In the following order, C.J. Stroud, Will Levis, Bryce Young. I think in the long run, Stroud, the kid from Ohio State, is the best. I think in the short run, the other two might be more ready. If there's one thing that we've seen, the Ohio State quarterbacks, I think it is something about the Ohio State offense that is so different, and you would have to get a person who is more expert in the specifics of this than I am, but it's so different from what NFL teams do that it just takes those guys a little time to acclimate themselves to the pro game where they have to make calls and all. They're not just looking over to the sideline and people are holding up cards. Will Levis is playing in a pro-style offense. He's playing on an undermanned team. He has a bad offensive line. He does not have the level of, t- of teammate that the competition generally is throwing at him. And he looks the part, big, strong. I think he will be very good quickly. Bryce Young, if he was three inches taller and about 30 pounds thicker, I would make Bryce Young first. I think he is dynamic. I think he has great it factor about him. You watch him play. He makes big plays. I love the makeup of the kid. I I think he has a chance to be just outstanding, but the size would scare me. What is he listed at? How how, how big is this? How much does he weigh? They list him at six foot, 194 pounds. What? See, that's how much does Kyler Murray weigh? He's like 210. That's what I mean. He's two inches shorter. He's skinnier. Yeah. And and, and the kid is, um, Bryce Young is not just that he's short, he's skinny. What does Zach weigh? What does Zach Wilson look at? Because Zach Wilson looks small Mm -hmm. out there, and he looks much bigger than Bryce Young to me. It's not the height we're talking about here now. It's it's the it's the thickness. They list him at two fourteen. They list Zach as two fourteen. That's twenty five pounds heavier than they list Bryce Young, and you know they're inflating that. Yep. So that would be the thing that would scare me. If you promised me Bryce Young was going to be healthy, I would take him first. I think C.J. Stroud has everything. 
He can make all the throws. He's got the size. He's got everything. I love that. that that's the kid I think NFL teams are drooling over. But he's going to have worse wide receivers wherever he goes his first year in the NFL. Than he's had so far. Look, look at the, four, like the Olave, Wilson, Smith and Jigba, and Marvin Harrison's yeah, kid. Yeah, that's exactly right. They had the two best receivers in the country last year, and they may have the two best receivers in the country this year. So I think that's fair. I still think the kid is special. Meanwhile... More of Greeny's takes. You asked the question to our analysts today, who's the best team in the NFL that no one is talking about? I have two in my mind. Nuno, what's the best team in the NFL no one's talking about? I don't even know if there's like, – because we talk about like the Vikings – I, see, I don't, they don't get enough talk, but you can't say they're totally under the right. radar when they're 7-1. and one. I, I think the team that no one is talking about that could wind up being really good is the Chargers. The, the Chargers are – they have stayed above water. They've got everybody hurt, including the quarterback who was playing with the whatever that was, fractured rib cartilage, whatever that means. I don't know you could fracture cartilage, but somehow he did. And yet they have managed to sort of stay afloat and stay alive. And it is worth reminding everyone that the really important part of the season hasn't happened yet. The stuff that really matters starts to happen around Thanksgiving. So if they start getting healthy again and they get guys like Bosa back and everything else, I think they are a legitimate team that you're going to need to watch for. They're five and three. Watch for them to close fast. I, I, I could see the Chargers being a team that when we get to the playoffs, we are talking about as a legitimate contender. Mm. You don't? Right now, they've played the easiest schedule in the NFL, and they're barely 5-3. and three. I agree with you that the health is what will likely determine that, and I absolutely believe in Justin Herbert. I'm just kind of surprised you chose the Chargers because you've been very averse to everything Brandon Staley has touched. I don't like to coach. but They have the 49ers this week, then the Chiefs. So we're going to find out something about that. Yeah. If they split those games, if they win one of those two games, then they have a chance to go on a run. they got the Cardinals. They have the Raiders. They have the Colts still coming up. They still have Denver, who's terrible. I, I, I think the Chargers are going to get into the playoffs. The other one is Seattle. No one's talking about them at all because everyone thought that they were giving up on the season and Geno is the comeback player of the year and everything else. But that felt like too obvious of a pick. One more. One more take from me this morning, and that is that Justin Fields is going to be the next superstar in the NFL. The face of that division, and, and the NFC North means something to me. It's, 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 it, Chris Berman used to call it the Norris. We can lose the music on this one if you want, Buzz. He used to call it the Norris, right? It's the old NFC Central. It's all those upper Midwest teams. It's Green Bay. It's Minnesota. It's Chicago. It's Detroit. It's NFL history. Like that, That's the black and blue division. That means something. And it has been owned by the Packers for consecutive generations because of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But that era is coming to an end. And it's time for someone to take that bull by the horns. And I think that someone is Justin Fields. I think they finally got it right. And someday we're going to look back at some of the nonsense that was said about that kid leading up to the draft. And they're going to compare it to the, the phony whispers that went out around Dan Marino when he was coming into the league in 83. Now, please do not get me wrong. I don't want to hear anyone write anywhere. Greeny says that Justin Fields is the next Marino. Marino is one of the five best quarterbacks that ever lived. I'm not telling you Justin Fields is going to be that. But I'm telling you he's going to be a star. When they put the team around him, they have a chance to put around him next year, and he has another year under his belt in the offense and starts developing the passing game slowly but surely. Could I see him becoming the next Josh Allen? I absolutely could. So that's who he reminds you of. That's Absolutely. Could. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable comparison. 
Josh Allen is big and strong and can run. Now, he's not as big as Allen, but he's big, and Allen's not as fast as he is. Fields is, is, is Lamar-level fast. I mean, Lamar is, is Lamar's probably a 4-3 guy. Fields is 4-4. He is ridiculously fast, and he's big, and he's got a cannon for an arm, and you can just see it brick by brick. It is being built. He's better than Jalen Hurts. Uh, certainly he has more, his foundation is deeper than Jalen Hurts' is. Jalen Hurts has been, give him all the credit in the world. The kid has made himself great. But that's the last quarterback that we saw be developed. Some of these guys come into the league ready and some of them don't. Mm. And the ones who don't should not be given up on. They have to be coached up. Josh Allen was not ready when he came into the league and they've made him a superstar. And I feel like they're getting it right in Chicago. And with the draft picks they have and the money they have to spend, I think he could be the next one. This is Greeny coming to you live from the Seaport, brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. Coming up is the greatest era in the history of its sport officially over. We have that and who you got still to come. Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do. Big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. Uh, lots that we still have to come today, including who you got, but I think it is worth noting that we have seen, I touched on this yesterday, the end of one of the really great eras in sports history. Like, if you think about the greatest dynasties in sports history, they're pretty easy to identify, right? What's not always clear is when they end. Like you don't know, you don't always know the end is coming when the end comes. Uh, the last dance bulls were sort of a unique circumstance 
because you didn't know that or you did know that that was ending because they were they made it very clear they wanted to dismantle it in what remains one of the really terrible decisions that have ever been made in sports history. But, you know, going back over the course of time when the Yankees won those all those championships in a row in 98 through 2000, you didn't know it was ending. And in fact, it wasn't really ending. They kept getting close and they just that particular iteration didn't get back to winning it again. I know they won one, whatever it is, 10 years later, but it's not exactly it's it's not even there are similar teams. There are some players that were similar, but it's not the same team. That dynasty you didn't know it was ending when it ended. The, la- the night they won that last championship against the Mets, you didn't know that was going to be the end of that, and you didn't know when some of these things come to an end. Um, the Kobe and Shaq Lakers, if you had said, boy, that's the last time you're going to see them win a championship together, the night that they did, you would have thought you were absolutely crazy to say it. <clears throat> so I take you back now to when Alabama won that championship the year that there were no fans, wherever they played that game. I don't remember now, but... They blasted Ohio State and Mac Jones is the hero and they had all these great players and they had all these guys coming back and they, they just looked at they were getting better and better and better and you thought, oh, look at Nick Saban. He found a way to keep doing it. That's over. I think it's over. I think it's over because the margin is so narrow that the two plays, I, I tried to make this case to Paul Feinbaum today, that they're two plays away, both on the road, from being perfect. They'd be the number one team in the country right now. If they stop the two-point conversion against LSU and they don't get a phantom penalty called against them on what was otherwise an interception in the end zone and run back against Tennessee or any number of one other play, they're unbeaten and they're the number one team in the country right now. But he made the point back to me, they're two other plays away from having four losses right now. They just haven't been dominant. And the the reality is the sport has changed to a place where you can't be dominant anymore. College basketball is the same way. College basketball, that change, the change in the way the sport operates meant that Coach K can't do what he did because Grant Hill isn't playing four years of college anymore and Christian Leitner and Bobby Hurley and all those guys. And you go back to even, you want to use the most extreme example, the John Wooden UCLA teams. I mean, Lou Alcindor played three years and the only reason he didn't play four is because freshmen weren't eligible. And Bill Walton won all those championships and all those guys, they were there. College basketball will never be that again. And as a consequence, no one can have the same, the best team over and over again in that sport. It's constantly getting reshuffled. And that's what college football has become. Between the transfer portal and a thinning out in general of talent and NIL, where you can get offered money to go do almost anything you want, anywhere you want, no one team. This is not a statement about Saban. He's the greatest coach of all time. Nick Saban is the greatest college football coach that ever lived. You take whoever you want, Bear Bryant, Newt Rockney, Ara Parsegian, Joe Paterno, Bobby Bowden, Tom Osborne, anybody else you want to name. Nick Saban has had the greater career. He has had the greatest collegiate coaching career in the history of the sport. But the idea that he's going to keep winning championships is over. So I put the over under right now on the number of titles he will win at Alabama the rest of his career at .5, and you had to bet an amount of money that mattered to you, which way would you go? I would bet the over. I'm going to trust the process. He's been getting... Look, last year they lost in the national title game. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they're two plays away from being undefeated right now. I haven't seen enough cracks to get to a place where you are. I think the rest of the field has definitely elevated, but I don't see much deterioration. How about one and a half? Less. 
he'll go under. So you think the magic number is one? I think I think he'll win one more. Nuno, one and a half, the over-under on title. Saban wins the rest of the way. Which way you go? I'm going to go under. And Heather, when she joined us earlier, uh, Heather Dinage, it said, hey, it's only going to get harder for him once you expand the playoffs. So you're going to have more roadblocks and more opportunities to lose. So I think it's... I think he's done. He's not winning another one. Yeah, I, I, I think one or none is the right answer. Mm. And we'll see where that winds up going. All right, one other thing I wanted you to hear. I'm sorry, what? what, what, what? I'm sorry, what, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Just in case anyone hasn't. You know, God bless Patrick McAfee. I say it all the time. Pat McAfee has been the best thing that has happened to the rest of us in the sports media um, now two consecutive football seasons because he gets Aaron Rodgers on there every Tuesday, and it's just phenomenal. For whatever reason, Aaron just feels unbelievably comfortable with Pat and AJ and the guys on that show, and he just sits there and he just says stuff all the time. And last year when he was playing great, it was compelling. And this year when his team is bad and he's not playing well, it's somehow even more compelling. So in case you haven't heard it, this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say to McAfee yesterday. I always believe in myself first, and I bet on myself first to go out there and to, and to, to impact the game and to be great. And I still know I have that within me, still the reigning, defending two-time MVP. Oh, yeah. Regardless who's out there with me, guys want to come battle. They know where to find me. Hell yeah. I'll be, I'll be in the center of that huddle, expecting greatness, trying to inspire the best I can, and laying it on the line. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times in a 29-second clip that he used the word I or me. Twenty eight times in 29 seconds. That that is an average of one every four seconds, not even. At one every three one time every three and a half seconds, he either said I or me. But you know what I like about it? Here's what I like about it. That's Aaron. That's who he is. You talk to people and they'll tell you, I don't know him well. I've been around him a little bit. I like him. I mean, I've always enjoyed him. He's always been very pleasant. I think he's very intelligent. I don't always agree with the things he says, believes, and stands for, but I I 100% admire his intelligence and his intellectual curiosity. And he is a magnificent player in this grand game that is the coverage of professional sports in 2022. Um, And that's who he is. He is a person who will say I or me 29 times after throwing three interceptions at Detroit. (laughs) They're the worst defense of all time. He threw terrible interceptions. And his response is still eight I's and me's in a 29-second soundbite. By the way, that also sounded so much like a line from a movie. I know that his idol is Nicolas Cage. 180 years of searching and I'm three feet away. Of all the words written here about freedom, there's a line that's at the heart of all the others. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism. If I told you that was Aaron Rodgers, would you believe me? If we somehow were able to take the music off it and just play that, and I said, listen to what Aaron Rodgers said on McAfee yesterday and played that. You'd oh, believe me. Absolutely. It sounds like something he'd say. Uh, anyway, fascinating stuff. We will finish it up with who you got today. Don't miss it. Fascinating questions. Greeny, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Something I didn't get to uh, a little bit earlier that I meant to is if you look at the pace that two players in the NFL are on, we may very well have two very high-profile single-season records fall. And I think there is no shortage of irony in the two players who are going to take them down. As we speak, Patrick Mahomes is on a pace to break the single-season record for most passing yards in a season. And Tyreek Hill is on pace to break the record for most receiving yards in a season. Now, before we get to the length of the season, may I merely say that if I had told you two years ago, these two guys are going to break this record, but not on the same team, you would have thought that sounded pretty crazy. But it's ironic when you look at the two big breakups of last offseason. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams are a combined 5-12 and 12, and both look just miserable on the field. And Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek are just thriving. The Chiefs are a contender. The Dolphins, for the first time in forever, are a contender. And they're two legitimate candidates for MVP. Tyreek Hill candidly is one, and if he played quarterback, he'd be one. And Patrick Mahomes right now is the favorite. So it is remarkable that these two guys are having this level of season apart. It also takes me back to the conversation we were having around the time that Aaron Judge was getting ready to break the home run record, and that is to say that it is a perfectly reasonable thing to put different notations in the record book as you make substantial changes in the sport. So when Patrick Mahomes breaks this record, which is currently held by Peyton Manning, right? And it gets done in a 17-game season. I think there's room to leave Manning's name in the record book. And whoever had the record for 14 games, whatever the record was when they changed it from 14 games to 16 games, or whoever it was that had the 14, you can go back and figure out who had the 14-game record. I don't know who that was. It may have been... 
Dan Fouts. It might have been Fran Tarkenton. It might have been Roger Staubach. I don't know who it was, but whoever it was, and the 12-game season, and leave those records in there. I actually think it'd be kind of nice to have. Like, that. that's fun perspective. And I, as one who loves reading about the history of sports and paying attention to the history of sports, I think those things are worth continuing to commemorate. You have that in front of you or no? I see you're looking for stuff. Oh, you of all people should know this. The record for passing yards in a 14-game season? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm trying to remember exactly when it went to 16 games. Was that at the end of the 70s? 1977 was the last 14-game season. So the record for most passing yards in a season happening in ni- 1977 or before, and the fact that you just said, I of all people should know it, suggests that... I mean, I feel like you're trying to lead me into saying that it's Joe Namath, but I don't think that's right. It is, is it? right. Mm-hmm. It's Namath? Namath is the, was the only 4,000-yard passer ever in a 14-game season. 1967. How could I have not known that? Did you know that, Brandon? No. I, he didn't either. He's a huge Jet fan, and he didn't know it. That's, that's, I had no idea that that was the— Well, now I'm even more sure that they should put that in the record book. I want Joe's name in the record book. Cole Roger. Nuno, get Roger on the phone. I, I need, we need to make a movement to make this happen immediately. And in the meantime, Mahomes, Tyreek, apart but thriving. Rogers, Devontae, apart and flat out miserable. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? All right, who you got means it's time for Bubba. Bubba has a, a, a great many uh, areas of expertise, and one of them is in asking provocative questions. Uh, I, I think I've mentioned many times before that and we're now allowed to talk about this. It's something that at one time in his career he was not allowed to talk about, but they've declassified a lot of that. So uh, Bubba was uh, worked for the FBI, and his job was to administer lie detector tests. So he knows how to ask hard-hitting questions and, and get to the bottom of answers and determine if people are being truthful. So he has put together a series of those questions for me, and let's see how we do. Bubba, take it away. All right. Who you got brought to you by Granger? And first, we'll update everyone on our Powerball situation. We mm. all know that, unfortunately, there was one winning ticket in California. That was unfortunate. But we had my tickets sitting in my car. So yesterday, after the show, I went, got them checked, and we, as a group, won $4. All right! So, all right! I took those $4 and I bought two Mega Millions tickets last night. Yes. So our group is still technically alive. Oh. And I actually don't know what the, what happened there. So we're gonna our win. group is still alive. We're going to win the Mega Millions. So 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 how much is the Mega Millions? I assume it's millions. Which yeah, it was, be like, it was 107. It was a lot. It was, I forget what it was. It was close to $200 million, I think. Seems still worth it. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's not $2 billion. Like when you've, con- when you've allowed yourself to consider winning $2 billion, all of a sudden you win $2 million. It doesn't seem like that exciting. But I'll take it. I'll take it. So, Hembo, do you feel as stupid as you should now that you've refused to go in on this with us and we won $4? No. Bubba, how many dollars did you put in? In total, how many dollars? Uh, let's see, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50. And how many did you walk away with? Uh, four plus eight plus eight plus four. Here's the problem. You are he- depraved. No, here's the problem, Hembo. You don't understand what the word, the definition of one is. See, we won. If we say we won, would that help you? Yes. Like we won $4? Yes, you All won right, you $4. Go. We put in a lot more than $50. <laughs> I think I myself have chipped in $50. <laughs> How, how as a group? No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, individually. 
Yeah. 50 each. Okay, so that's $200. Oh, my yeah. gosh. So we put in $200, right. and we won $4, right? No, no, no. That was total we put in two. I mean, 200 We won $4, then nothing, then 8 then eight, and then four. But we kept letting that ride. So we, we have we have put in a total of two hundred dollars, and we emerged in the end of it all with four. In the end, yes, correct. You didn't win four dollars. No, I still think it's a win. Well, plus, I think we, it's we a don't win. even know what we won. I take it we as a win. We don't know what we won with Meg. We have two Mega Millions tickets last night. Oh, I want to win this oh, money so badly. And you're still playing. Just just for you, just so we can rub this in your face. As God is my witness. Let us win. I will let Bubba and Nuno have the money. You guys can have the money. I just want to win the Mega Millions so Hembo doesn't. That's all I want. And I, I want you to dangle the money in front of his wife. I just want you to, oh. to, to get it in single dollars, and I just want you to, like, throw it up in the air and you know, put rubber bands around it or whatever it is, and just let Lizzie see that you refuse to go in and we won this. You guys can keep the money. I just want to beat Hembo. That's what this comes down to. Sounds All right. marvelous. All what right. What else you got and who you got? Speaking of rich people, Jerry Jones says Odell, quote, would look pretty good with the Cowboys. Do you agree? Who you got as the best team for Odell? I actually think it is the Cowboys. Here's what I'll say about the Odell situation. When he went to L.A. last year, he was a luxury. And then almost immediately, he became a necessity. Because Robert Woods got hurt, and Odell Beckham became the reason that they won the Super Bowl as much as anybody else. I understand Cup was the best player on that team and Stafford and Aaron Donald and all of that. But they don't get to that Super Bowl or win it without Odell. And you never know which team that might be. So every team that's thinking championship thoughts should be thinking about Odell because he doesn't cost you anything to the extent that he is a free agent. So you're not trading away any of your future. It's just money. And all of these teams have that to at least some degree. So I think Kansas City should be considering it, and I think um, many of the other obvious ones that jump to mind, the Giants should be considering it. But I think the Cowboys are the ones that make the most sense because I think if you're him, you're trying to restore your luster. What could possibly be bigger than if he winds up getting the Cowboys to the Super Bowl and plays big? If, if his goal here is to use this season to catapult himself into a big contract during the offseason, I think the best way to do it is for him to go to Dallas. You, why are you looking at me like that? I think the team for, um, for which he would make the biggest difference is the Giants, though. The well, Giants yeah, need him the most. Yeah, because, because as, as you guys try and poo-poo Saquon Barkley's season, mm. he is the only weapon they have on offense. Uh, Odell Beckham would, in theory, change that. The problem with it is, I think you're bringing in Odell right now, but he's not playing for you until sometime in December at the soonest. Yeah. You just want to get him in the building so he can start working with the, the offense, learning the offense. You can oversee his rehab, whatever else it is. So someone brings him in. I don't think the Giants are going to be a legit contender by the time we get there. But, again, it doesn't cost them any of their future. So Mm. if he would be willing to go there, if I'm them, I would definitely do it. But if I'm him, the place I would go is the Cowboys. Bubba, what's next? Which team outside the CFP top four currently has the best chance to be in the final top four rankings? Who you got? Well, I mean, I asked that question to Heather, so it's sort of cheating. I'll say Tennessee because that's what she said. But what I would say if I had to pick one, because the the top four right now are Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU, I, I think the team that you could see sort of playing their way in is LSU. If LSU wins their half of the SEC, which is the West, and then 
beats Georgia in the SEC championship game, you're going to have yourself a hell of a decision to make if you're the committee. Because LSU will be a champion, a conference champion, with the best win of the year because they'll have beaten the number one team in the country in Georgia in, in a neutral site. But they will have two losses versus a Tennessee team that only has one loss and beat the hell out of them in their own stadium when they played each other. So if it then comes down to Tennessee or LSU, the committee's got a tough choice to make. I'm not sure you have to choose between the two. I ran the simulation this morning for Heather. If if Tennessee wins out, which they're projected to do, and if LSU wins out, as you're just describing, and Georgia's one loss is to LSU... Then all three of them make it? There's a one in four chance that there are three SEC teams in the Final Four. And then the winner of Ohio State-Michigan, and that's it? Yep. So TCU, if they win out, get jumped? An undefeated Part team. of that chance has to include TCU not being undefeated. Right. Which, and they're an underdog in each of their next two games. Right. So I like it. I, I'm going to, so look, I'm going to cheat and I'm going to say the answer is Tennessee because that's what Heather told me. But I like the LSU scenario. I think that would be the most compelling of the possibilities. Greeny on ESPN Radio, who you got with Bubba next? All right, to golf coming up, we got Tiger and Rory versus Spieth and Justin Thomas for the match number seven. We're already at number seven. Are you in for this? Who yes, you got? Love it. I love that they're doing it. I love I love that they're doing it. I love the way they're doing it. The last time they did this, or at least a recent time, I've lost track of what number everything was. They had Kepka and DeChambeau in there. And I'm delighted they don't have those guys in there. Uh, these, I, I love all four of these guys. I love the way they've handled the whole split, the whole Fisher in the sport. Um, I will root for the old guys in Tiger and uh, McElroy just because they're old. <laughs> and I always root for Tiger, but I love Spieth in particular and JT. So, yes, if the question is, am I watching, the answer is absolutely. What's next? All right, who you got? Brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And Monday was International Merlot Day. So, who you got as your favorite wine? Oh, Merlot, you said. I, I couldn't understand the word you said. Uh, the, uh, it was International Merlot Day? Merlot, yep. Um, it definitely isn't Merlot. Um, so, you mean my favorite grape? Like, Like, which of the varietals or, or like a, a a specific vineyard like are you asking me for a for a for the the are I'm you asking, asking me to you, name a bottle or, you or got name a grape? as your favorite wine <laughs> you take it as however you want it to be i'm asking you well if, if you're stemming it from merlot which is a grape then i will take stemming it, to my, it i see what you did there nice. uh, i didn't even mean it that way but it worked that well if if the base of the question is a grape then i will say base i see what you did there the <laughs> Then, my my favorite grape is actually a, a lesser known one, which is called Gruner Veltner, which is primarily grown in the in the northern parts of Europe, like uh, Austria and Germany, but is also actually grown. Here's a little known fact on the North Fork of Long Island, and that is probably my favorite. Why are you looking at me like that? You just sound so stuck up. I mean, Bubba was just looking for like the like a like Sauvignon Blanc or Pinot. That's Grigio. the same thing, but that is what I just said. You're going. You're tell. You're just pretty much telling us how rich you are. You went to France to see this thing. No, I up didn't. to Long Island. Hey, I did in Long Island. I get it in Long Island. You dope. You could. They grow this stuff on the North Fork of Long Island. You could get. You could get there on a train. But you'd probably take a helicopter. No, <laughs> you buy it in a store anywhere you want. Oh. You don't have to go there oh. to get it. You idiot. My you don't bad. think that wine can be sent from one place to another? I thought you were just showing. How do off. you drink champagne? Where do you think champagne comes from? 
I don't know, actually. Okay, you think champagne is grown across the street and they just bring it to your liquor store? It's grown in one region in France and it is shipped all over the world and you can buy it what, anywhere you what want. What type of cheese do you pair with your wine, Grinny? Mm. I don't like cheese. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't like the way that cheese smells. No, I don't like cheese. It has an odor I don't care for. So I, there was nothing pretentious about that answer. He asked me about a grape. I named one. No, he didn't ask you about a grape. Yes, he, asked he you did. your favorite wine. Merlot is a grape. He was describing it as a wine, not a grape. It is a wine. What I just told you is a wine. You just smash it, right? You smash a grape. That's how you make wine. We're going to... Okay. You're wrong. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcasts.